When the credits start rolling, but the movie keeps haunting you. Before, after. Then it's time to tune in to Dismembering Horror. We'll talk about what worked and also what didn't. We'll dissect every aspect. Maybe someone we shouldn't. He turned out to be completely unreliable asshole. Take it away, boys. Hello, Tim. Hello, Ryan. Oh, my God. And hello, everyone listening. And hello, everyone who may be watching for the first time ever. This is it. We are here if you're watching or listening, I suppose. This is Dismembering Horror Incarnate. It's where we hang out after we watch a movie to talk about it. Yeah, the living, breathing space. Yes, so very special episode for those two reasons. We are here visually for the first time, and it's an episode 200 retrospective. How far we have come, Tim. Farther than anyone could ever have imagined. (laughs) I guess I never really thought about it, but it's a lot of (laughs) movies for sure. A lot of discussions we've had. That's true. And uh, it's one of those fun ones, a very clickable one, if this is your first episode with us, because it is a listicle, two listicles. (laughs) We're like BuzzFeed over here. Yeah, we're counting down what we do. Uh, So this isn't, we're going to do our top nine episodes just to be funny or just to make it a little more suspenseful, I think. Top nine, not episodes, but films that we've watched, our favorite films uh, for episodes 101 through episode 199. So that math would be our top film every 11 films, I think. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like that. Perfect. Perfect. Let's get into some numerology. Yeah, well, in what sense? (laughs) We just did it. Oh, okay, great. (laughs) The significance of your number two and my number seven mean that... Oh, my God. um, Yeah, so uh, we're going to start going down it and and see what overlap we have should be fun. So how did you rank these for you? Like, watchability, how much they scared you, rewatchability... Uh, most impactful thematically, enjoyment-wise? Like, what was going through your brain when you were trying to rank these? Mostly for me was just my knee-jerk, like, going through the list, the knee-jerk reaction I had when I saw the title. Like, how, I guess, visceral the, like, memory of it was. And so, like, right away... I saw the like the first one that I'll I'll list here and I was like, "Oh, yes, that movie was awesome." Right? So it's kind of based just on that initially, and I got I think I got maybe to like 6 of those and was like, "Okay, those are super solid." And then went back through the list and I was like, "Okay, you know, I was a buy on this one. Why was I a buy? Like how much did it stand up like now that there's been time between then and now?" And for the most part, well, we'll get to it, but like seven and eight, I was like, yeah, those are, fun. those are great. Like, I really like, I'll, maybe I should go watch those again. Uh, and nine and 10 was a slightly broader thing, but mm. I'll explain later. Okay. Well, it's interesting because I kind of figured, and we've talked about before, if we're kind of a lot of the show is we're on the hunt for great films we haven't seen, we kind of assume, you know, we'd have diminishing returns the more that we 
watch because in theory we'll have seen more of the great films that already exist. Yeah. Not that new great ones don't come out, of course, but you know, generally. Right. Uh, that sounds like it applied a little more to you here in that you had an initial core six that were definite and then kind of had to, f- you know, finagle from there. Yeah. Not that those last ones are bad by any means or whatever, but uh, for me, it was a more matter of narrowing it down. Like, uh, Well, interesting. I technically had like a top maybe like 15 that you know it stuff i basically like came up with my um came up with my short list that was more like uh let's see kind of like 20 films 15 20 films and then just wrote one through nine and just kept playing with it and just yeah i don't know and it's so frustrating it kind of means nothing to me you, you th- might want to hold that in a different place than in front of your face on camera oh. <laughs> I was just trying to hide it from you, but right. I don't, I'm not going to look at it. <laughs> it's like we're playing poker here from, from everyone, right? Yeah. Um, you can put it wherever you want, Ryan. I think this is safe. It's not. Look, what look camera? At, look at you. It's in your face. Something like that. Okay. There you go. That'll work. Whatever. It's fine. Okay. Cool. Number nine, Tim. My number nine? Thirst. Great. So what are your what are your your memories that it left you with? Why your feelings? Why did it just make the cut? Um of the ones that I picked, I think all of them for the most part have design that like stands out. And thirst that's kind of the thing that I remember the most like right off just like my first reaction is like the design and the look of the film and like sort of the set pieces of the film are like stick in my brain. Like that moment when he, there's like, he goes into the apartment or flat or whatever and it's all white and then like it turns into sort of a bloodbath. Like that is amazing. Also just like the street shots. There's this whole, you know, series of different shots around that building in the street and like him, you know, flying up into the air and stuff like all of that. I think ultimately for this one, the, the best things were the unnatural, like the depiction of the unnatural and like how kind of like eerie it gets you, Mm -hmm. you know, makes you go, Oh my God, what was that? Mm -hmm. Um, but and also just like in general, like a new newish different take on uh, a vampire film, right? Like was exciting to me. So yeah, that's it. Got it. Great. What's your number nine? Uh, to pronounce it how they do in the film itself, Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. Oh right. <laughs> Uh, I rewatched it last night, actually, just oh, nice. to kind of be like, did I really love this? Yeah. Uh, do you remember? I mean, I mean, yeah, the things that just love, love, loved about it, it was how it was shot. I remember both of us were floored of like the point of view stuff, the cam- the rapid camera movement. Yeah. So much stuff that was playing with the idea of I mean, doubles just the or effects. Like, oh, yeah. Dude. That one, tra- the, the initial transformation yeah. effect that they did with lighting somehow that revealed the makeup underneath um but the dude frederick marches his performance is just it's just the best to watch and i love i just really really love the themes and the ideas behind it of 
we have two sides, the complete animalistic go with our gut instinct side and then the thinking or overthinking how am I supposed to appear to get along with everyone. And that's just something that I hold near and dear, those ideas. And I will be surprised if it's ever topped from this version here. I mean, they really get into it with their discussions, the ideas, the themes. It's like through and through for that story. Just so great. Uh, Raul, I want. I wanted to quiz you what the director's name was. I already forget. It was like <laughs> no way. I had a great remember. name, like Raul Musaman or something. I forgot. It's a great name. Anyway, okay, that's my number nine. Do you have any thoughts on that? Uh, that was in my buys. Like I rated it a buy, and I, I didn't include it here. Okay. Um, I think more so because like my. When I looked at what I said I would buy, a lot of it was less about how much I actually like loved the movie and and more about how uh like important the movie is to like have as a reference to like how to make movies really well. I'm probably not gonna revisit it out of sheer like desire because I'm like, Oh, what, what do I want to watch right now? But I would want to own it because I, I'm like, Oh, I'm making this movie and I want to look back at how they did these things and why they were effective there. Like that's to me, the, the, like the benefit of rewatching that movie in particular. Mm -hmm. Cause I'm like, damn, they were doing crazy stuff and it was amazingly inventive. Mm Mm-hmm. How can I, in a modern way, integrate that style of filmmaking? Like, that's exciting to me. And just watching him swing from different chandeliers <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, exactly. All around on pipes. So yeah. good. Pre, pre uh, like, insurance, you know what I mean? Like They're just like, just go do it. Yeah. Um, oh, and I didn't really say earlier either, but as far as how I was ranking them, favorite slash just best in a way i was trying to strike a balance because like best in for whatever i view that may not mean it's necessarily one i want to watch a lot or is a personal favorite sure so i like try to ride that middle line that's fair that's where i was coming from all right how about your numero ocho um i am gonna put so this is this falls under a slightly i guess caveat realm in that it's the franchise itself more than just one single movie so this was in my sort of like like i came to this decision after picking my first eight that um or top eight uh the halloween because we did halloween kills and halloween ends within this hundred yeah and we had previously done the one before that, and like I owned the original, and so to me, I I couldn't just say, oh, I I think Halloween Kills deserves to be on my list, but not Halloween Ends or vice versa. So if I'm kind of fudging it and saying, really, it's just the whole series of this. What what did we call this? People are calling it the DG, DGG films. Like oh, because universe? Yeah, yeah, David Gordon Green. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that that universe, I'm putting in as my number eight. Okay. Fair enough. The universe. Yeah. 
my list may have looked different had we been I known that was allowed. Hey, everything's allowed. We're making it up. <laughs> very true. Uh, no, those were both very high contenders for me too. And I think I God, I think ends was really good. I mean, we were me too. seemed like the exception out of it. But yeah. If when I was kind of going between the two for this, and if I was going to pick one, I was thinking for now, Kills was just edging out because it was like just an ultimate, like modern slasher film for me. Yeah. Wait, so did you have. I'm mentioning it because I didn't have. You if, didn't. If, if okay. I don't have okay. it, I may chime in with my two gotcha, cents. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just. I, I, in a way, what I guess I'm ultimately saying is I don't really feel like one stands alone without the others, but as a group, like as one giant film, if you want to look at it that way, mm-hmm. like super, super solid. So, and, and I will rewatch this like for my enjoyment. And I have already a bunch of times. So since there are a lot of naysayers out there of those two specifically, like what's this kind of your, if you were to tell someone, hey, try to go into it with these eyes, what would you tell them? I I mean, God, I don't know. Like it's hard to articulate why, well, I don't know exactly why people had such beef with it. My biggest assumption i guess would be that it it seemed like everything i was hearing was people being like oh they're not doing the thing that i thought they were gonna do and it's like okay so your expectations were you know somewhere else that's never gonna work going into anything right like so like lose the expectation of it and like just take it for what it is it's it's i i mean i would almost say Look at it in the same way that maybe you can look at the the way that comic book movies say, like, actually, this just exists in its own universe. It's this thing, right? So just take that for what it's worth. It's in the, you know, it's in the DGG universe. It's that take on Halloween. Don't try to, like, ask it to be a John Carpenter Halloween right. movie. But to accentuate the positive, what did you like about them? I think the look of it, the the like the this bridging between a really really well shot modern, you know, gritty like crisp image, I, although that's sort of a contradiction, but you can see the dirt in 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 the film because of how crisp it's filmed, and that's a modern thing right like not entirely but it by and large is sort of more of a modern thing it's like it's it's in 4k man it looks amazing um so like have having that coupled with this this aesthetic style that still feels like it's an it's homaging the 70s mm-hmm. or 80s late 70s like there's some there's there's a there it's accomplished this thing of of marrying those two things together for me that i'm feeling both nostalgic and like oh this is something new mm-hmm. and i think that's a that's a pretty amazing feat mm-hmm. so like 
every time it turns, uh, you know, you, each one of them starts and we get a different version of the pumpkin. I'm like, oh, I'm back in, but it's, it's new. Yep. So like, what more could you ask right. for? As like, for, dude, come on. For a requel to successfully somehow bridge the two universes and tones and all that jazz. Yeah. Uh, I'll just add thematically or just looking at it as a story about our relationship with evil right. versus a kind of Michael Myers fanfic movie or whatever. <laughs> like that, yeah. that plugs me right into it. Um, when you're looking at it in those terms of look for the arc there, you know? Right. I totally agree. Cool. All right. What'd you got? So this spot, I was going between what I chose here and angst. I felt like I needed one that was (laughs) just what sent me to hell and kept me there. (laughs) So with that in mind, I got to say threads, uh, Definitely not one for rewatchability. No. (laughs) But but definitely one I think I want to share with people who haven't seen it. Um, So I would like to watch it. That's so mean. In that context. Well, you know, people who are into film and know what they're getting into. I mean, like what we're doing here, you're like, I just want to see the worst. I just want to feel gross. I want to be sickened. I want to be horrified. Well, I got a movie for you. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, you do. So Threads. Brutal. Yeah, I feel I just couldn't not tip my hat to it for this list here. And that felt like a good place to put it. Just to sort of um, emphasize its impact and the importance of what films like that can do. And I think it's it's prescient as well. Um, Yeah. God, but I mean, just a movie that can put me through a ringer like that. I mean, talk about threads, which we did for a pretty recent episode. So, yeah, uh, again, I, you know, sort of this fell in like I was a, I came around in the episode to saying, because initially I was like, I don't ever want to see this again. So it's effectively in a void for me. Right. But then it's not because of what it as a film is doing and how as a filmmaker, you, you probably should own that in you know in a similar but different way as as i said with dr jekyll uh and so yeah like i don't want to watch that movie ever again i probably will like once more as like a research project to be (laughs) like damn i need i need to accomplish the ultimate despair dread like just worst feeling ever in this moment in my film how did they do that (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) oh let me go watch threads to figure it out yeah and while you're there maybe revisit angst too which special shout out that guy's lead performance uh so compelling and the unique way it's shot from above uh yeah anyway angst did not make the cut well special shout out yeah all right now we're on to number seven. Okay, number seven is another franchise. <laughs> and then I'm done with franchises. But I I thought, okay, we did every Scream movie in this 100 episodes. And like, I thought, okay, well, what's my favorite one? And I have a hard time making that distinction because they're all, again, kind of one big project but and you would have some of the sequels be that 
close to the original for you? I yeah, I mean the 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 weak one for me is three. Every other one, I'm like, I feel like they're just a touch around each other. I think one is the best one, but every every other one is like you know, two, four, and five. I would be very happy to put any of those on at any time and like totally go get into it and on the ride like. One is special, obviously, and three is is weak, I guess. But like, then I think if I'm gonna watch any of them, I'm probably just gonna watch all of them in a row anyway. Yeah. So like, what am I even talking about? <laughs> like, they kind of can't be separated from each other in my mind, at least for my enjoyment. So they like they just kind of have to be a big clump. Which also, you know, leads us to, you know, we're, there's a new one coming out. So we'll get to that at some point. Right. See how that holds true. It's about to come out as we're recording this. Oh, God. Yeah, it's that soon, isn't it? Yeah. Damn. Okay. Yeah, so, the, like, what more can you say? Like, screen, it's the Scream franchise. Like, I don't know. They're great. They're amazing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That was number seven. Yeah. Okay. How about you, Ryan? Uh, circling back to thirst. Oh, <laughs> fair, fair. I love that film. Some things that you didn't mention. I agree with everything you said. The there's a lot of like the connotation between vampires and sexiness, which <laughs> oh, that's right. I forgot how sex sex driven and sexy the movie right. is. That's and right. This is the one vampire film that really does that for me. I mean. Yeah, kind of the Bram Stoker's Dracula. I mean, it's it's, for, it's in the there. sex is definitely in all those, like even down to the, the 30s ones. But as far yeah. as just like sexy, <laughs> what I think when I watch <laughs> right, it, right. you know, I don't feel that when I watch Twilight <laughs> necessarily. What? <laughs> Sorry. Um, so I am, that is and shocking you to know, me. You know, uh, intense Korean things, always yeah. great too. Yeah. Uh, both of the leads, the uh, just sex sexiness aside the kind of romance it was white rooms aside the coloring of the the kind of the um, the green and the blues and the walls yeah. and all that and just remember having a really good discussion about it and it's one of those films too where it uh it's it's of an epic scale and actually uh feels like it deserves it so Park Chan-wook, I mean, he's one of the greats, and this is, like, right up there with all his best stuff for me. Yeah. Thirst. It's interesting you what you say, you're saying about sort of, like, the world. I I love how it it's world-building and expansive in that sort of way of, of this is a new way to tell this, like, not a new story necessarily. But, like, it feels so well-contained at the same time to the characters and mm -hmm. I think that's man when you can when you can make the characters so uh contained and focused but also build an, an elaborate and and like big world around them right that what, is like you're hitting right in the sweet spot what kind of captures that is that it feels like an intimate romance that involves jumping with vampire powers from rooftop to rooftop <laughs> right right <laughs> yeah exactly yeah it's so cool 
All right. Getting down there. Number six. Number six. Vampire. Great. I guess we're on, <laughs> we're on a bit of a, a trend here. So Vampire was the first one when I started looking at the list that, you know, I'm you know scanning from episode 101 or whatever. And I, I don't remember what it is. It's, it's pretty early on, I think. And like, all I think about, again, this is, this one is the one that I think bridges this notion of like, we, sh you should own this for the filmmaking sense of it because it, it's so well shot and inventive, but also like the story itself. Like I'm compelled so much by the acting in it. Remember we talked about how the actor doesn't feel like an actor? Because he's not. It's because he was the financer. Yeah. Exactly, right? Like, and how impactful that is. Yeah. Cap capturing that and being able to marry that to these just incredible visuals. Like, I want to go watch Vampire a bunch. I'm like, the fact that I don't already own a copy of it is frustrating. Yeah. And so... You know, I think I'm, my initial reaction was so strong to be like, oh, I'm, I, I've screwed up by not having this already and already having rewatched it a number of times <laughs> because of how impactful it was when we watched it. Yeah. So that was the one that uh, hurt the most to cut from my list. Oh, really? I mean, honestly, too. I mean, I, I get I, I get where you're coming from, where I wasn't looking at this as ranking them. I didn't want to do that, but um, but Vamp, I don't know. It might as well be in there. I think it was like, I think it was right about where you just had it for me for the mm. most part until I just kind of threw the darts at the wall because yeah. I had to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, the, the, what I'm left with from it with it from it whatever uh that you didn't mention was the 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 dreaminess the nightmare aspect to it amazing which of course modern films can do but is just so special when you have a film from that era cuz when you are when we're watching something from it was it like 1930 or something like that it was yeah. made like early 30s late 20s it feels to us like we're watching something essentially could be 1830, you know, because right, like right. people were still <laughs> around, you know, around, we were connected to that era that much more. Mm -hmm. So just to know that you could tap into some kind of dream nightmare in between space, uh, I don't know, it both like connects you to that time and those people, Um in a, in a way where like things don't actually change, but things do clearly change. I don't know. It's just the spell it cast over you is one of those films. I, I love it so, so much. It made a Truly. really big impact on my, uh, how I, yeah. On some films I've been working on. Yeah. It's great. And yeah, the guy's gaze, I think is why his yeah. acting works. It's so weird to me because when I think about it, it doesn't, it, it's so different than other movies of that era and like the only the only thing i can call it is that there are the majority of movies from that era that i've seen feel old they feel antiquated or they feel they just feel like i don't know how to describe it cranked they feel cranked 
You know, like they feel like they're made on an old machine. Mm -hmm. And what that ends up doing most of the time is the 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 image that we're watching feels manufactured in a way like that that is not real like it it what i'm getting at is that vampire feels like i'm watching actual real life which is so weird mhm right like like almost a, documentary style. I guess that's kind right. of what it possesses that that is strange. Like you're like, "Wait, what?" Right. Yeah, it feels like you, like some filmmakers at the time were just kind of plopped down in this village and happened to observe this dude's <laughs> yeah. like uh body walking out of his body. His <laughs> Yeah. It's very cool. Anyway, what about you? X. Okay. Number 6. All right. And spoilers, uh, I kind of wanted to pick X or Pearl. So Pearl is not further down my list. I mm. think Pearl may have the slight, slight edge for me for being a better film. I could, yeah. I, I This is, to me, a really interesting so, paradox almost. Right. Because, so, like, they're different. They're different. They're very different. I feel like they're both films where the more I watch them, the more I'm going to love each of them. So yeah. X is the one that I've happened to see twice. That may be okay. all it is. But for what it is, the the flavor of it, the, you know, I don't know. It's kind of like the the Beatles or Elvis thing, you know? It's like they're, you can love both. Yeah, but you're allowed I, to. Right. But <laughs> you like, don't have to pick. I feel like I just maybe, uh, but you know, which one are you a guy more of, Elvis or Beatles guy? And that was, um, I feel like X, I might just be more of an X guy when it comes down to it. Do you think that that is uh, influenced partially by your, like, affinity for the era? Yes. Okay. A hundred percent. Um I mean, both have Mia Goth, so it can't be. Well, you got two Mia Goths in Pearl, so yet that didn't do. I think no. I, in 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 X, you have two, sorry, right? yes, yes. So you do have two Mia yeah. Goths in X. So maybe it's that. Um, yeah. The whole cast, exactly like the seventies. I don't just the moments actually just worked so so well. It feels like as a new movie with actual classic moments, whether it's the suspense of the crocodile, whether it's old Pearl watching them shooting the porn, right. um, the playing landslide on the guitar and that having it be, it's like, maybe it's totally cheesy, but it's totally touching and sentimental too, just <laughs> yeah. as the song would be. Uh, and just the horror set pieces too of the, the blood going on the headlights. Mm, I mean, mm -hmm. it just doesn't get any better than that. And it's the exact amount of, pacing for what I'd want for a slasher film like that. It's just, uh, it just absolutely hits the sweet spot for me. Love. Yeah. And yeah, I think the seventies ness is maybe why it, it actually yeah. makes my list and why I put it above Pearl for me right now, even though I think Pearl might be the better film. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, I, I reserve comment on until I see Maxine in a way. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but, as far as rewatchability too, that uh, helped get it on my list and put it where it is. Yeah, and I think, yeah, I've watched X now twice. Yeah, and Pearl once. So, cool. 
I'm happy to watch Pearl again. Oh, yeah. I'm just so excited for the box set already. Yeah. And uh, Maxine is apparently Mia Goth's favorite script of the three. So whatever wow. that means. Unhinged. Don't, don't want to get too excited. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Great. All right. How about uh, number five for you? <sighs> number five is going to have to be Candyman, which I have not revisited, but like, it's available, and I keep being like, oh, I want to watch that right now. It, it, similar to, like, how I was describing the the Halloween films, the, like, the crisp modern clarity that's in it. It's hard because, like, I love a good grindhouse feeling movie, but, like, how clean and beautiful the filming of it is with the content that it's showing being so gruesome and so disturbing Mm -hmm. like is i just think that there's something about that that like thrills me currently and like my list is a lot of more modern movies Mm. um and then you couple that with the social sort of commentary that it just inherently has like I want to be making movies that that are in that vein right Mm -hmm. like I think that's why I like horror almost singularly that you can make a movie that is about an underlying issue and and wrap it up in this whatever terrifying fantastical like whatever alien thing and and that even that by itself can just be fun but it's like you if you want to look further into it you can and there's more layers to be peeled back i love that about horror in general so when they're kind of you know firing on all cylinders with this type of storytelling. I mean, it's why I like Jordan Peele's stuff. It's the same stuff where it's like, it's, I feel like there's a term that people are throwing around, but whatever. So social horror or something like that. You know, I, I hate all that stuff. I know, but, but that, helps, that's what they are helpful terms at the same time. But like, that's what people are calling it. So yeah. like, if you want to call it that, fine, I don't care. But like that realm of the modern movies, like, that's why I'm excited about modern... The the modern movies that I'm excited about, I'm excited about largely because of those things. You know, and you start listing off, like, the ones that I love, like, they all have it. So, you know, there you go. Yeah. And I forget the the director's name, DaCosta? Nia DaCosta, yeah. I believe. She's amazing. Yeah. Like, it's just so good. So, Great. what more can you say? Performance, like, blah, blah, blah. Uh... Yes, New Candyman made the shortlist for me, did not make the cut. Uh, in addition to everything you said, I agree with. It successfully, which is so rare, I feel like, for modern horror, it's hard to do. Or it's just a, it's, maybe it's just something I, I seek or really appreciate. That's why I like the J-horror stuff so mm-hmm. much. It's when it feels like you're looking at something supernatural, 
Like just when it's the flashback scene and the Candyman steps out and it feels like you're like, it's just a guy, but wait, something's wrong. Could this be a ghost? <laughs> wait, what is a ghost? Wait, what, yeah. wait, wait, what, what, maybe it's both. Wait, is that possible? Wait, what, what there's this, it just, you know, that yeah. like, like, um, was it, uh, the, the innocence was a good example too, sure. where I said that shot of them stand of the ghost standing over the lake where it's just like, it felt like they just set up a camera and actually captured a ghost. <laughs> right, and like right, right. the chills are being sent into yeah. me accordingly. So that to have the film, like actually do that, but then couple it with the fun of the intense slasher kills. Oh, it's great. I'm, I keep wanting to revisit it too because of all that, but I just haven't yet. I, I actually, you know, I think part of why I haven't gone back immediately is because like some of the gore is tough. Mm. Like it's really intense. And I'm like, am I in the mood for that right now? Yeah. Maybe not. So, but I, I will be at some point soon. I'm sure. All right. Getting down to it. My number five, Tim's favorite, uh, Halloween film. Oh. Not the one you mentioned, though. Halloween 3. <laughs> Season of the Witch. Of course. This is the difference between you and I. Encapsulated. Uh, I love Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, and you do not love it. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. God, I just, I don't get, I thought this one would have been really up your alley, to be honest, with just, it's just like the, the score combined with those orange dark shots of the, when they're going to the, the b-roll in essence of right, the trick-or-treaters right. yeah the sinister dark evil plot at play the like the sort of 80s kitsch what the fuck fun of the robots and like the way that they kill people <laughs> and like how they look when they get killed yeah. that there's it's it's like um a larger conspiracy or plot that's utilizing is it like uh what do you call it when it's like old irish magic all that the, <laughs> right, the, the, that's dr- right druids you know yeah, all yeah. that stuff some celtic weirdness the lead i mean he's a mr mustache he's uh, it's so great so fun yeah uh, i mean i i don't know man it's it's all great it's so good it's it it's like the perfect halloween watch too you mean the perfect thing to watch on halloween yes right yes i get it uh that the jingle just makes you go crazy (laughs) the ending moment when you don't know if he's successful in getting the last channel turned off it's so dark um (laughs) yeah i don't know it's all that it's great man it's so good that's cool (laughs) i'm not gonna argue with your opinion you don't have to. Yeah. I, I refuse to. <laughs> Great. I'm, I'm not. I'm not waiting for you to. <laughs> oh man! But if you have no nothing to say, I, on that, I don't. I don't. I just didn't like it. Then we can get to number four for you. Okay, number four for me is fresh. 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 So fresh. Uh, again, the sort of underlying thematic like commentary of fresh is exciting to me but like the in a way the the this 
the trope of the like kidnap victim thing. I don't know. I think it's a style thing more than anything. Just when it's the shot of the two of them dancing, it's just great, right? I mean, yeah. Like, it feels so good. <laughs> and it's such a gnarly story. So it's like, I don't know. There's something really fun and, like, pleasing about that to me. I like their performances a lot, too. Like, they, they, you know what it is? There's, like, an uh, irreverence to the film all around. Like, I imagine i don't know that the filmmakers and everybody on set and the actors were like just having a good time that may mm -hmm. be totally not true who knows but the 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 result makes you feel that way and 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 it does that thing in horror that i think i just you want in the fun of horror of like you are going, oh, God, no. Like, oh, is this really going to happen? And yeah, it's ir irreverent. It's just fun and exciting. Yeah, it's one I definitely want to watch again. I mean, in life for sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're both so good in it. I just, something about, I think that the ending is just didn't stick the landing for me. That was, I remember, sort of what our what did not work discussion yeah. was around. Uh but they're both, yeah, just so much fun to watch. We're great together. Solid choice. Good modern horror film. I remember a lot of posters up for it here around LA at the time. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It just says, it's saying a lot with a very simple story. And I, 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 I love that. It was interesting how it sort of seemed to bridge that divide of a lot of people I know who weren't who don't necessarily seek out horror movies mm. or watching oh, watch that's horror right. movies they were watching it yeah that's really interesting mm -hmm. I think that's a I think that's a charisma thing like yeah. the movie itself has charisma well just that those carried through by those two actors exactly yeah 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 and so that makes sense that people People can ride who who aren't horror people per se can ride that and and be like, oh yeah, I still really enjoyed this. Yeah. In spite of like, I don't really like horror. Yeah. Fresh. Whatever that means. Like, I don't like horror is a crazy thing to say to me too because it's like such a wide spectrum oh, of it, a thing that yeah. I'm like, well, do you are you saying you don't like slashers or like you know what I mean? Like, there's. There's so much different versions of horror that to say you right. don't like horror is is wild to me. Right. And you, it's so weird. Usually that is what people meet is I don't like watching violence, which is completely okay. different. I could tell you that a hundred movies, right, that we've watched probably that are not violent. Yeah. But they're horror. Yeah. They're missing out on vampire, man. Seriously. Um, no, and it's funny. Or some people, or it's just they're very, very sensitive to getting scared and just don't like that. But it's so yeah, funny, yeah. I, I love talking to people who say that because I'll start being like, well, what is your favorite horror movie you've seen? And I'll say like, you know, The Shining or whatever. I'm like, Alien. And I'm like, then you, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> tell you what, you do like horror. You're on board. All right, what about you? Well, oh yeah, number four. Yeah. Well, to mix it up from the new releases, I got another old one here. Mm -hmm. Want to take a guess? It's my last one that's sort of before, it's my last one that's before 1980. Uh, Kiraneko. No, good guess. Damn it. 
I don't have another guess. <laughs> Whatever happened to Baby Jane? Oh, yeah. I considered that. I, I, I felt like, <laughs> I felt like it's so, it lives in its own realm so much so that I didn't want to like, I didn't want to use a spot on it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I know that doesn't make sense necessarily, but I was like, it's such a given. Yeah. That I'm like, no, 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 no. Of course, that one is. Well, one of the greatest movies and ever that's made, i mean so. kind of why my top ones here weren't that exciting to me because it was kind mm, of like of course in a way but that one i guess especially since you didn't put it because it's so obvious one of us has to put it because it truly did feel like a, a, a classic i hadn't yeah. seen before for whatever reason yeah, uh it is god those it's like it's classic for more than just the two leads giving like their career best performances, not being an expert on their, you know, I say that just kind of assuming sure. what must be, yeah. what feels like it, right? <laughs> right. Uh, but they get the ideas behind it just had me hooked. The sort of bizarreness of the opening shot where it was like a doll or a clown doll or something like that, that was shedding tears. Right, right. I mean, what a way to start a movie that's otherwise just set in our reality. I mean, the centerpiece scene where she gets the, where she hires the piano player to like perform for it <laughs> yeah. and she puts on her show with it's like the so, lights, like the stage as so like twisted. in her living room. <laughs> uh, how they torture each other in just these like the worst ways possible, but are largely just psychological. And then an ending that actually just seems as, as strange yet perfect as the rest of the film on the beach there. Um, and anything that's kind of LA set is fun too. Yeah, no, that's true. I, I think it was incredible. New, new for me, new classic. I just hadn't seen yeah. whatever happened to baby Jane. It is amazing. Yeah. I don't know. I wonder, I was thinking about how, you know, how many movies we've watched. Right. And, and, and in our lives, not just doing this. And it's a it's a lot. You've like letterboxed everything you've seen that you've watched. It. I've tried to. <laughs> I actually came across a movie the other day that I had forgotten about and wasn't in my letterbox. No, and I was like, one more, baby! The most obscure, weird, like, uh, 90s things I'm like, that I somehow discover, it'll be like, Tim watched. Yeah. Like, wait, I want to I, <laughs> Obsessive, I don't know. Yeah. Um... But I, I looked at my list the other day and I'm I'm like 70 movies or so away from 5,000. And I'm and I thought to myself, okay, like that's a lot of movies to watch. But then I was like, but there are a ton of movies on that list that I've watched at least three times, mm -hmm. which is wild to me. So like ba whatever happened to Baby Jane, I've probably seen four or five times. Mm. So like, it's one of those movies where, you know, you can just keep watching over and over again. And I think every time you see it, you're going to either pick up new stuff or just like, it's going to like, it's mystique grows as you watch it. it it's so good. So, so maybe that's kind of the, the difference you're explaining at the beginning. This was a first watch for me, for you. It was just more of already given classic. Yeah. Yeah, it's like if we had watched Jaws, it's like, well, yeah, of course, but like, I don't need to put Jaws on this list. Do I? If like, it's, it's your favorite. Such, but it's such a given. I don't know. Like, I want to, like, uh, I, in a way, I think actually my list, except for the 
Scream franchise were all first watches. Mm. So yeah, that I think plays a big role in it. All right. Well, we're down to the top three. So what is your number three? Oh, I think my number three is going to be the menu. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> you were into the menu, huh? Man, I think there is there's something so deeply connected to in this movie to anyone who has worked in the service industry that like not that not that if you haven't you can't kind of dip a toe in and 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 get where it's coming from but like it's kind of like it's one of those things that if you you just have to have had that experience to really truly truly feel what the movie is doing like on the the most visceral level um you know for example like i've worked for gordon ramsay mm-hmm. on a show <laughs> But like I worked as one of the cooks. Mm-hmm. And so I was getting the full treatment like, you know, the chef in this. So I've yes, like, chef. Had, like I've had that exact experience where it's like this weird cult of just like, like almost militant, you know, like hierarchy. And it's a really bizarre thing to experience. Mm-hmm. And then you see a movie that's like just on the exact frequency of that like it's it's thrilling and upsetting because <laughs> you're like it's like i'm having trauma just watching it because i'm like no i've died i don't want to experience that again gordon was great don't get me wrong yeah i love gordon but but like that feeling of being in the environment where you're so at the mercy of this particular way of looking at the world is really effective mm. so and- my favorite aspect of it was the sort of warring between the chef and Anya Taylor-Joy. Totally. Did that for you somehow exemplify or draw out any of what you're talking about that's unique from having worked in the service industry for yes, you? Yes, absolutely. Because not everybody speaks up in those environments. Um, and I didn't for a really long time. Until I think I got to a place where I was like, I've been doing this long enough to, and, and I like, I opened bars and like helped sort of manage and, and like went through the, the, the operational side of the process. So had enough footing to be, to feel like I could be like, dude, you're doing like, this is crazy. Like you, your ego in, as an owner is like making it worse for everybody. But like, I don't think most people in the servants industry and, and because of how it is actually set up, it's set up to not have a voice as, as the worker and you're being exploited in it just inherently being exploited. And so like that relationship in the movie, even if you're not the person who's been able to have to, to speak up and like, like push back, Everybody has wanted to be that person, I think, when you're in that position. And so to be able to see her and him spar in that way Mm. is not just exciting from like the narrative of the film, but it's exciting because you're 
you know, it's like you're you're getting to live vicariously through that where you're like, I never got to do that, but like, hell yeah, she's doing it, though, you know, in a way that you would, like everybody wants to have stuck it to their owner, like the worst owners. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to f- be able to be like, not only tell them to their face that they're out of their minds and, but also to be able to like, knock them down to back into reality. Cause I think that's often the problem is that you get people who like kind of, they drift away from reality as they get like whatever further along in their weird little insular, like kingship of owner of being an owner of a place, you know, right, which is the, the, and this is the horror version of all that. The yeah. horror extreme of all that. And Until her he- getting to like eat the cheeseburger at the end is like, fuck yeah, man. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> yeah. Finally. <laughs> Everybody, every service worker's dream is to like the the moment you get to walk away. Mm-hmm. And I've done it a bunch of times, right? Like I've left places that I hated. And you, I, I know a lot of people and I'm one of them who has ceremoniously left. Meaning like I actually had a ceremony for myself to cut the tie. Like I burnt my work shirt when I left this one place way back in the day. You get the like, the relation to the film we're talking about where you say you burned something. That's what I mean, <laughs> right? Like that you you need to like you need well, you I needed and I think a lot of people need some sort of ceremony to be like, This is over. And Anya's I'm, was uh, moved on. watching the whole place go up in right. flames. Yeah. Yeah. So it really spoke to me. In a deep, deep way. <laughs> uh, only thing else, funny menu thing since we've watched it, I'll mention uh, a friend, letterbox friend, I guess. Uh, I saw her write. She like, I don't know if she actually gave it a bad review, but she was like the dude, meaning not Ralph Fiennes, but like the boyfriend dude. Whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, the dude bugged me so much. I turned it off after 10 minutes or five minutes, something like that. And I was kind of like, was that kind of like the point? I kind of like, yeah. <laughs> yes. I feel like she's missing out. I feel like well, if that's your issue with it, then you should stick with it. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, you, the whole purpose, like everything is really well constructed in that movie and it all serves a very specific purpose. So to, to like, yeah, he's, his whole character is made to make you hate him. Yeah. Like it, from every angle. So if you're not into like going on that ride and seeing him get his comeuppance, right. then I, I get why it. Are you, why are you even watching movies? It's <laughs> right. It's fine <laughs> if someone doesn't just want to watch someone that bugs them that much. But I mean, totally. Uh, yeah. If, it's, if he's that whatever annoying, fine. But uh, well, she, and, and hope, uh, you know, on the flip side, if if something is deeply triggering, yeah. you know, something inside of you, totally like don't. Don't put yourself through that. Yeah. I hope she sees it someday. Yeah. All right. My number three. Uh, God, I guess this is kind of a given. Any guesses what it is? This uh, Another Korean film. I Saw the Devil. Hell yeah. <laughs> well. I Saw the Devil, Tim. I'll just jump in because uh, it's my number two. Okay. So... Great. You know, Great. we can, let's discuss. Right, you're number two in me now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw the devil. Well, it, well, how was it for your first time viewing? What struck you about it? Bro, I, I was like from the opening image, like 
flabbergasted by it. <laughs> Great. I thought I kept thinking of you when we had watched um what was it? One of the 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 remake of the Rape Revenge Last House on the Left. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And how cathartic you are finding it for the attack back stuff. Yeah. I'm just getting them. Yep. You, you, yeah, hit hit him with the thing. Get him, da, 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 da. This movie is just the best of those movies for me. When it's like at the towards the end, when he like rolls up in the car when he thinks he's made it to the prison, and like there's st- he's still getting him every time our our hero dude shows up to <laughs> to uh, foil our serial killer guy. It's just <laughs> so much fun. It really is one of the best movies. Like. <laughs> I've seen. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I know it is definitely not for everybody, no. right? Like it is it is a particular thing. And it is brutal. Like yeah. truly truly brutal. But like I that's not what I when I think about the movie, that's not what I think about at mm-hmm. all. I think about like the color in it. Mhm. Like the the just how beautifully shot it is. Right. There's like the greenhouse set piece. Dude, that the they opening have their... in the snow. Like, yeah. like it's so beautiful. And like that is the most fun stuff in filmmaking to me to have these sort of uh, opposing things happening. Like whether it's the visual opposes the content or like the characters oppose like the, the like what you expect them to do yeah. like that those sort of the i don't know what you call that like diametric sort of components of filmmaking is so fun to me yeah well yeah. as far as a uh, diametrically opposed kind of in the the Jekyll and Hyde way too maybe there's like i am not for philosophically morally the idea of revenge you know i'm not either but there's something i can't deny there's something deeply human satisfying about the thought of like pursuing that urge uh, right so yes so i think that part so like i don't have the vengeance like gene Mm -hmm. right like if somebody does something shitty to me I tend to be like, that sucked. Well, no, it's on the level of what I know you agreed with. We talked about was like when someone uh, is at the stoplight on the Brea and drops their trash outside that you want to pick it up and put it in their back in the yes, window. Yes, but I don't want to hurt them for it. And that's kind of what I mean. No, well, no, I mean, where I was going with that, I wasn't talking about in terms of violence. Sure. Maybe a little bit in the sense of, you know, you you do this to me, I do the equal thing to you. Mm-hmm. But more in the sense of like, as a thought exercise in the nonviolent way, which this film explores too. All right, what is, what's the worst thing I can do to this person? And to have like... To the the ending, it was just so incredible. Where you have him, so he actually finds what could maybe be the one conceivable way to get at some kind of deep feelings of right. the serial killer. Right. You assume is completely psychopathic, sociopathic, like has no boy, feelings yeah. for everyone. Hits him in his literal home life, his parents and his family. If you remember, oh the yeah, ending. So just I don't know. So just seeing it as that thought exercise of like how do i most get revenge on someone just like pursued through and through so good 
Yeah, I I mean, I think that it's tapping into precisely that. Like, what could ha- what could somebody do to make you need to go to that length to for for the sake of justice in your mind? And that's why the setup of like just the idea. So to me, like it, it, when I think about it, I don't generally have that. I'm not. I, it's not evocative of like I want to. I want to lash out and like get this person for anything. You told me the other day, but someone near and dear being harmed to you, you exactly would leap across the bar to That's, attack. That them. is it. So like this movie is showing you what it would take for even the people who don't like have that naturally in them to have it come out. And I think that that's what makes it cathartic is that you get to, you get to kind of live through that, a thing that you, you don't and don't want to ever have to experience. And so like, and that's, that is a bit, we've talked about this in terms of horror, like horror is allowing us to kind of like, go through these things that we either, you know, deeply fear and would never want to go through or deeply maybe desire, but would never go through with. Mm -hmm. Right. And so we get to have that vicarious experience through horror in a certain way that's safe, but thrilling, you know, and this movie truly, truly lands in that realm where you're like, going on that ride to to feel the vengeance through the hero and like have it really really get there in the end mm-hmm. like truly like <laughs> truly getting to see the worst guy get it the worst and he, he our hero is kind of a superhero where there's yeah. something to fund to sort of live through him in that sense too he's like so slick at <laughs> yeah. what he does, very physically able, all that. Uh, yeah. There's, I think what puts the movie over the edge for me too is there's, it's a, it's, it, it is like would be a classic already if it wasn't for, or, or what makes it all that much better is the centerpiece uh, cannibal house scene yeah. or sequence, set piece. Yeah, yeah. Like, it found a way to push the movie further in a way that I would not have ever expected, but feels completely right. It does. I, I, yeah. I think what that sequence really helps to frame for the movie is kind of what we said before. When you have the the contained story, but you build a big world around it, it really enhances what's going on. And so to have this, the, the, the vengeance story happening within a world where just a reminder to everybody, this dude's not the only like horrible, like dude on the planet that he's just one of many horrible people that exist. Mm -hmm. And the second you get, you see that that's the world we're living in, you're reminded of that reality. And you're like, damn, this is bleak. Like, yeah, it's, it's really a, a hard thing. And you go, well, shit, you can't, you can't get retribution on every single bad guy that, that exists. 
but we're going to get to see a few now. There's something just so on point, just inherently with cannibalism, I guess, about the idea of it's the ultimate form of like yeah. dehumanizing someone, right, right. Uh, the, someone else, another person. So in those thematic terms, it feels like a natural extension or other way to look at the sort of the way this guy approaches serial killing. Yeah. Yeah, that even it, like, yeah, it it enhances how awful he is too mm-hmm. because he's super complicit in that. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, cool, man. Like, I'll provide you with some bodies to eat. <laughs> what a what a fun like, bro. What a fun little family life they all Isn't have. Isn't it in that bad place. enough that you're yeah. a serial killer? No, <laughs> clearly not. <laughs> <laughs> and that guy too. Just that guy. I forget that actor's name, but uh, I don't remember. Man, incredible. He's so, so good. <laughs> Perfectly cast. Yep. Okay, so that was my number three, and your number two, which so we're means back to you on my number two. Which, let's see. Do I have it right here? I, okay, it's on the bottom. I won't grab it. There it is. Scream. The OG oh, Scream. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. I, I, I did not group it with the others because Fair. as much as I think I do when I watch one, I'm going to watch them all. And as much as I love, I think, uh, I even do have a soft spot for Scream 3 where I, <laughs> I know you do <laughs> where something about it i just it's the one dvd i owned and i like the hollywoodness of it all yeah all that's great anyway the original one though i think will forever be a step above and beyond the others just inherently it's nothing it's, I, it's yes. not putting down it is it's so exciting i mean 90s while ago now but as far as like our lifetimes it's fun to know that there was something that came along then that is just such a tried and true classic. And yeah. to sort of illustrate why a, a way of putting why something is classic in a way that's just fun to me is when it feels like there's magic supporting it. You remember the example I gave in the original where the mu- the song's playing, the music is playing, and right on cue, I think when it's Dewey closes the door to his car, it syncs up with the beat in the music in a way that feels like the film just had serendipity on its side. It's just one of those like perfect when you're in the editing things and it just mm-hmm. all comes together and it feels like the film gods are just going like that, oh, yeah. and ushering it all in. And to truly, how it truly refined what uh, Wes Craven was starting to do with New Nightmare as far as the meta aspect. And just think about what, it's almost like, not cliche, but just almost sort of, it's just used a lot now to speak in terms of meta and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. appropriately, we are at that point in our culture. I mean, look at what Ready Player One did just in sort of like a, let's put it all out there. Like this is where we're at. What that does whether it's Ready Player One or in a horror movie sense with Scream, is it it like puts a flag down to then explore the next planet, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 yeah. So so just the way it helped push forward uh yeah, horror in that way and film in that way. And also I think we talked about um how the nineties sort of 
the pre- 2000, or yeah, two thousand was, was going to say 2001, a space Aussie, nine 11, mm-hmm. uh, felt like a demarcation point of the bubble bursting on the illusion of the safety of America, the safety of the suburbs, sure. the sort of isolation in the world and the sort of sense of safety that comes from that. And yeah. I, I, and to have a film that's so well done in every regard, also looking at it from that angle as a period piece, a piece in time, and then just being able to view it with that lens too. Um, yeah. And, and our relationship with violence and violence in movies it's it's truly incredible, I think, as a film. I feel like, if I remember correctly, that we we essentially said it's a perfect movie. Mm-hmm. And I think that's true. I mean, I think that's, you know, n- not really a debatable thing. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, you, I almost feel like if somebody was like, oh, no way, you just, you wouldn't even have to, like, back up your argument. You'd be like, yeah, but it is, man. So don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it is amazing how good it is. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not amazing. I don't know. Everybody was just crushing it. Yeah. It was just, meant I to- like that. That's this notion that we, you've, you've mentioned and we've talked about it, of just the like, the magic and serendipity of that film that, that even the filmmakers talk about when they're interviewed of like just things just working. It's when things are especially meant to be. Yeah. It's, it's makes it just as easy to take it for granted in a way. Right. Right. Yeah. Cool, man. And then we'll uh, see the seventh one soon here. <laughs> Is it really seven? <laughs> no, it's not. Oh, it's, it's six. It's six. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> Can you guess what my number one is? Yeah, give me a hint. Is it another more modern one? Yeah, oh, yeah. It sounded like it wouldn't be Pearl or X based on when I mentioned this earlier. No. I don't know. Infinity Pool. All right. I was kind of hoping that would be uh, up there for one of us. I just think... That was uh, after Vampire. That was my number... 11 i guess was it i really wanted to put it in my list i part of this is just pure taste right like i don't think everybody's gonna love infinity pool by any stretch of the imagination and i wouldn't even be like oh you gotta see this necessarily but i gotta see it a lot (laughs) a lot (laughs) (laughs) and i think part of it is well, a lot of it is that it obviously I I really like David Cronenberg and th- I don't know he, he he's such a specific director that you just call things Cronenberg esque when Cronenbergian right exactly and so to then have and I think the way I described it in in our episode about it is that like if david is about like the the body horror that brandon is is the so if david is about the external body horror brandon is a is bridging the internal like inside your brain we body talk about horror. this it's the he brings on an extra level of uh, the metaphysical yeah 
and and like there's there's very like there's not enough good stuff that I could say about how Infinity Pool hits all of that that makes me feel good. Yeah, where I'm like, I just want to watch it over and over again. I'm excited to watch it again, honestly. I, mean, I like I'm just waiting for it to be released on a, like a Blu-ray or something because it's out on digital now. Yeah, but I don't want it. I don't want right because it. it's expensive I, when it first comes out on digital. Also, I've noticed how big a difference the image, especially in the in the dark, mm-hmm. um, the the blacks of of a digital image, how different that is from a Blu-ray. Yeah, and like I don't have a 4K TV or anything, but like at some point that would be nice to have, and then have these 4K Blu-rays and just like. This and and movies like this in particular, or Candyman, or you know the new Halloween movies, like being of such a high quality filmically, like I just want to like I want to live inside the the dome of that you know the imagery of that in like the most precise, <laughs> beautiful, crisp way in that strange made up world and country. Seriously, I. I there was no there was a moment where I was playing with this list and I just wanted to put Infinity Pool right up there too. And I think the only reason or I don't know, but maybe it plays maybe a, a reason for that is uh how recently I just saw it yeah. and that I've only seen it once. It's but it's, it's definitely grown on me like like kind of what we said then. Not not that I didn't love it then. I loved it from the get-go. So like every day since then I've been thinking about it. It's been it's stuck with me. And I'm like, wow, is that that's really, really good film. And I'm talking about seeing if it's still playing in theaters. I want to go see it again. Oh, Cause yeah. it's uh I got a movie pass, a new movie pass I gotta use. Right. Um man, Infinity Pool. Yeah. It's wild. I just, just keep, go listen to our episode right. on it. <laughs> keep thinking of the the stuff coming out of the nipple and that I'll never whole, forget it right? <laughs> the, the whole hallucinatory scenes I came home from it and I I said to Britt I was like man there's some weird nipple stuff going on in this and she's just like what <laughs> are you talking about and then I had to try to explain it and she just sat there, like staring at me, like I don't know. What well, is how? Your deal? I mean, that says it all right there. Not the, the nipple thing, but movies, good movies, visual medium. You shouldn't be able exactly. to explain what captures it. Yep. Yeah. No, I know. I'm like, well, you need to see it. So <laughs> yeah, and anything kind of you know in its own weird way, like vampire that puts that that just puts you in a weird spell. Like it feels like you do those drugs with them when you're watching it. For a movie yeah. to actually capture that, um, put that on your list. I was trying to keep track of what are the seven movies in all or 200 movies <laughs> that you said you wanted to smoke a joint to and watch. Oh, that man. was one of them. I'd have to pull the list up. I could probably think of a few. Right. Demon Wind. <laughs> <laughs> God. Yeah, I mean, you need to be <laughs> baked to watch that movie. Otherwise, it's unwatchable. Okay. All right. That here was, we are. Yeah, that was your number one. Wow. Yeah. All right. From the 1980s. 1980s. That's a lot of movies. God, I don't know. Give me one more hint. There's two of them. There's a one sequel. It's very that was made in the 90s and it's very different. 
Uh, damn it. I don't know. You'll that, know it. You'll be I, mad when I say it. Yeah. You'll know it. It's obvious. Gremlins. Oh, yeah. Okay. I thought about that too. And I thought that's, it's, it's, it's too obvious, I guess, in in my mind. Well, to, I mean, if it, I had that in mind, I would not have put Gremlins and Scream and would have I had know, in Infinity Pool and Vampire. So. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> uh, but I could. But somebody had to say it, I guess. Sure, and it's a way of <laughs> it's a way of approaching it, I guess. Sure, uh, but no, there was no way that we were going to have done Gremlins, and it was not going to be my number one. Yeah. Uh, when like it's fun, I'll ask people like, "What's your favorite movie? What's your favorite song?" Or when you get asked that, for me, a big part of being able to answer that, or sort of how I might, what what are all the things I'm looking at when I try to answer that? A big one is is how long has this been important for me in my mm. life? And something that you can never replace is as much as I may have loved these newer films, like for me, I saw The Devil, Whatever Happened to Baby Jane that I discovered later in life, I can never have, again, movies that were near, or newly movies that were near and dear to me in my childhood. This movie, it, I, I can't, got gremlins, I just can't stress how much of an impact it had on me growing up. I know, I've seen a couple of your movies. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm obsessed with it, and... It's just it's, it's just to have a movie too that's so that instantly feels like a movie and puts me in a certain place when I start it. When the theme song comes on, it says Gremlins. You have the shot of Kingston Falls, the Warner Brothers <laughs> backlot, and uh, yeah, and that uh, the is it not the Shirelles, whatever the that version of uh, um, Christmas. Yeah, Chantels. I don't know Christmas. It's just. It's like who would have who would have come up with this, you know? Uh, right, like we know who, <laughs> but but again, the movie gods are helping to cre- to conjure this perfect thing no one would have ever guessed we ever wanted or needed, and it's it feels validating in a sense that it just that it, it was a huge box office success. It hit the zeitgeist yeah. somehow. People just dug it and liked it and you couldn't really say why. I mean, you can say, oh, they're funny and but they're also scary and it's dark. It is all those things, but it's just kind of an ultimate example too for me of something of like, you, to create new things, you take from other things, but then when you have all those other elements add up that are familiar to something that feels wholly original. Like I can't think of a better example than gremlins in a way. Yeah. Yeah. The original Grogu, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I know. Look at Mogwai's influence into Furbies and then the ripoff movies, Critters, yep. all that. And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. My short film we shot here. Uh, That's right. The extension of our dismembering horse studios just around the corner. Um, yeah, it's Kremlins, man. It's cool. I think movies, a lot of the movies we're talking about, well, I mean, it's hard to say this about any of the the ones that came out in the last five to 10 years, but all of the ones that are before that, I think share this quality of how they, how influential they were to film mm-hmm. and to pop culture, but, but to film in particular, like, I mean- 
Thirst, I'm, I, I, I don't know. When did Thirst come out, do you think? Like 08 or something like that? Oh, yeah. I remember seeing it in theaters. It was something like that. I forget. Like 09 maybe? Yeah. Like I think that Thirst is probably the most recent of these that has influenced people. Like largely influenced I don't remember things. it being that huge though is the thing. No, but I think from filmmakers and I'm, I'm probably other filmmakers not in the U.S., I think it's one of the last ones that like we you could probably track influence. Mm-hmm. Um, but prior to that, like all these other ones, man, like Vampire, uh, well, obviously in a way Candyman is a good example of the influence that the original Candyman had, right? Like they're all... I mean, the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, you, you could probably draw a straight line through like a hundred movies Yeah, of like, I mean, just the story itself has influenced so much, but like just the filmmaking too, right. the filmmaking of Vampire, the filmmaking of whatever happened to Baby Jane. Like, Well, we've talked about so this influential. too, with it, how it's, they're influential, yet there's a chicken and the egg thing going on too. We're just sort of in the the branching out of, these creative mm, mm-hmm. sort of um, first things these films may be discovering. There's someone may not have ever seen a film that you feel like has clearly influenced it. There's just something yeah. in our our humanness, in our blood almost, then in our interconnectivity that's just like, it's like what you always talked about too as creators. Like, I was going to make that movie, you know? Right. It's whatever that is. It exists. And, I, you know, it's... I. I mean, I think this is largely what people are experiencing when they talk about like the Mandela effect. It's not so much that they saw or that it's, it's, I don't think at all that there was another version of reality, but the influences that certain things have that, that like the tentacles of that or the branches of that spread out into the world and like, you don't have to have seen um, Star Wars to know that Darth Vader says, "I'm your father," right? Like it's it's been re sort of distributed in so many different ways. Or, but you are in the chair, Blanche. You are <laughs> exactly, exactly right. And like you, you don't have to have seen that to for for that icon to have touched you somehow yeah and i think that's really cool right and like you know when people are like oh he says luke i'm your father i'm like actually that's probably just because you saw tommy boy and in tommy boy he says that (laughs) right and and you know sort of on some level that it's a reference to star wars so then your brain says Darth Vader actually said, Luke, I'm your father, but really he said, no, I'm your father or whatever it is. I'm going to get us back to gremlins here. So please do those, those moments, <laughs> those moments, uh, they're fun because they're, they've struck a chord with the larger, the larger, uh, humanity of people at large, the, the moment with Darth Vader or whatever, those moments that play when you were playing, um, seen it. If you remember that game, no, it was a movie <laughs> trivia game. <laughs> Oh, I do. I do remember that. Holy shit. My God. What those moments also do, the, the reason those moments become those moments is, has to do with that they strike you as an individual, though. 
they're good moments when you're, you know, they hit you on that personal level too. It just so happens that it hit a lot of people at a personal level right. because there's something really potent or exciting or yeah. uh, just, uh, yeah, just something special about it. So Gremlins, it's fun. It's one of those movies for me since as the nostalgia factor, watch it tons mm-hmm. growing up as a kid, that it feels like it's just every every 15 seconds, there's one of those moments yeah. for me. Whether it's just like uh, you, the, some of the Gremlins' lines saying, water, gun, <laughs> right. it's just forever here. Right. Gizmo saying, <laughs> at the end um saying goodbye, little looks and moments, the way it like, you know, you hear the um, and to tie it too about, I I kind of do and I don't want to bash on CG, but as far as like when constraints funneling through creativity and the way that that helps just burst out something perfect and magical. Like you have, there's the moment that's just one of those moments for me where like the one gremlin turns to the other gremlin in the bar. And it's like, you hear the special effects guys referring to it as like, yeah, you know, things were a little shoddy and da 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 and weird. There are shots like that. And they'll use that as an example, but something about how it's looks is just like forever in me. Yeah. And I love like so much just the, the, that what they would say as they're annoyed by its shoddiness is yeah. just something that like is just a perfect moment for me when I'm watching. Yeah. It. It's like, it's creating charm out of its shoddiness. Yeah. Or and who cares? It's like the tr- maybe that's an adult view of it. But when you're a kid, you're just in the reality of the movie. Well, I think rather than looking at it as charm as a kid, you are just charmed by it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, and you just absorb it. You're Mm -hmm. like, oh, yeah, I like that. (laughs) Uh, Charmed then and still to this day by uh, all the actors. It's got that just that classic. um, Yeah, I don't know. Joe Dante, especially too. Just good at casting people who feel like like you're watching a movie kind of actors yeah. that is perfectly cast. Definitely. I could go on about Gremlins and we did go on for yeah. about Gremlins for two hours in our <laughs> totally. episode on it. I'll so. never forget the reason why the girl doesn't like Christmas. Oh yeah. It's Which, great. Then he's the spoof in uh, Gremlins yeah. too. It's just so great, man. It's so dark. You gotta love Joe Dante. He just... He was basically the first filmmaker I realized like was a filmmaker where made me realize, Oh, people, there are directors. When Mm. I sort of put together, I think it was gremlins and the explorers and the (laughs) burbs, those three movies and inner space. I loved all, I loved inner space. Yeah. I loved all those as a kid and all when it came. Yeah. When I realized, Oh wait, those are the same film at gremlins too at that time too. Uh, I just recently discovered that Joe Dante wrote a lot of reviews when he was, sort of coming up Mm. and some of them are really fascinating i mean a lot he's written he has trailers from hell where they give these sort of um brief little like explainer narrations over classic like 50s b-movie kind of Mm sci-fi things so it's kind of like a lot of that style i'd like to revisit piranha (laughs) yeah which is an early joe dante yeah early-ish i guess the Roger Corman gang, he came, the school of Roger Corman know, he comes man. from. Damn, where's our Roger Corman to usher us toward? Still Roger Corman. Oh, <laughs> let's go call him. <laughs> Still around at 97 or whatever. God damn. I well, don't know how old he actually is. Great. 
Cool, uh, man. We right. did it. We did another hundred. Uh, yeah. I know it's fun. It's, it's or another it, 99. Huh? It's fun going back and looking at these all picking some best ones, some other ones that, uh, you want to do some honorable, honorable mentions. Um, Frankenstein meets the wolf man. I feel like is a quintessential, like universal horror film. Yeah. When we actually get to the verses, it's just everything you hoped it could be <laughs> yeah, and more. Yeah. Um, Vampire's Kiss, I loved. You did not love that as much. I did not. I loved We're All Going to the World's Fair, talking about modern films oh. that really got to me on some deep level, which Skinnamarink did as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I had the, yeah, no candy man. I was just laughing seeing I wrote the blob. Um, the blob. The blob is fun. Yeah. Uh, you thought, I, yeah, I might have had Kuroneko on there. That one is great. Um, Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors. Yeah. I mean, I think we, you know, we covered a, lo- a lot of really fun movies that I think, I think there's, I mean, I'd have to look at the list, but there are a ton of rents mm-hmm. between the two of us rather than streams, buys, or avoids. Very few avoids. Mm-hmm. I think there's only like three maybe between the two of us for the whole 99 movies. Yeah, for our episode 100, we did our bottom nine or whatever. We just wanted to keep it positive for this yeah, one. What's, yeah, we, you know, you could go listen to the episodes and you'll you'll know pretty quickly. <laughs> um, but I, you know, for me, I think the biggest honorable mention and like one that, I, uh, like, well, two that I was initially compelled to put in my top nine, but then was like, I'm going to reserve my final, you know, decision till Maxine comes out. Yeah. So, but X, X and Pearl, you know, very, very close to being in the list. Yeah. But uh, again, in the same, sort of in the same way that I listed the Halloween and the Scream movies, I, I think that, well, I'm guessing, but I think that once Maxine comes out, and we get to see the whole arc of everything and like the vision of of the trilogy that it will impact i i guess i i i'm trying to say that i i i wonder if individually none of them would necessarily make the list we'll find out but collectively they absolutely would like they all elevate each other yeah and so you know what? What does that even mean, really? And that I think it mostly just means that it's longer form storytelling. Yeah, and it's interesting. It seems like your which brain's, I love your brain's kind of defaulting there as a sort of modern man, where you're um, you're looking at uh, series as yeah. just kind of it's all it's all almost the same thing. It's all just yeah stories being told right uh, and the length con- aside i love world building i think that's a big part of it so the longer you can kind of live in a world or the more you can kind of tie worlds together mm-hmm. it's really fun and cool and you know why not we like we have the allowance to make big things let's just make them even bigger and better whatever yeah cool so, what else should we talk about I feel like, I mean, I feel like that's pretty, I'm satisfied. I was trying to think of any, any indelible moments. One more, actually, here's an indelible movie. And uh, if I was looking for indelible moments, indelible movie, 
made the short list, Santa Sangre. I thought about that. It was, it's pretty wild. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> yeah, I think I'd kind of like to see it again. Yeah. Like with f- fresh sort of eyes going in. Did that make the smoke a joint and watch it list for you? I mean, if you want to spiral. <laughs> yeah, well, you did already <laughs> watching it. That's true. I did. One does. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Man, I'd really have to, I'll, uh, give me a week and I'll come up with the uh, the joint list. Yeah, I think I've seen, including that, three of Alejandro Jodorowsky's films. And that one, two. It's, it's my favorite one. Oh, cool. Out of what I've seen. Uh, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the elephant graveyard scene. I mean, no, no, the, God, anyway, it's all, it's all a, it's all a dreamy, weird, sure colorful is. blur in my mind. Yeah. Uh, definitely a horror, too. Oh, yeah. Story. So anyway, <laughs> special shout out to that one. No, I'm cool. satisfied. Uh, well, we don't know how much later this YouTube version will be up after. Um, I should have said this at the beginning. Up after our um, our regular podcast version. We're listening to that now. If you are. Uh, but it's fun with YouTube. We could actually, if anyone watches and, and cares to share any of their favorites from what we've talked about, yeah, love to hear that. Look at what our list of our last 100 were. Definitely. Cool. Do but it. I'm satisfied. Yeah. Do you want to do a recommendation or do you feel like we've covered enough? I like Pe- this being a special. Great. This was it. I'm into it. Great. I never have one on deck anyway, so. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um. So, yeah, we'll be back in two weeks' time. In closing, as always, thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>